Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Mm. Herbal tea, common. <laughs> oh, it's Jordan Morris's close personal friend. And mm. apparently uh, part of his uh, quarantine, mm-hmm. Herbal mm. Tea Kalman. Yeah, we're just up here quarantining in Big Sur, and uh, <laughs> it's just so yummy. <laughs> the sound of the breakers, mm. huh? Yes. Uh, we have a lot of exciting projects going on. We're just using this time to, you know, work on ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, to work on ourselves and, you know, just get in touch with our spirits and our creativity and mm, it's just all so yummy. Can I ask you a question, Herbal Tea Kalman? Mm, I wish you would. Have you have you taken this time to make any mandalas? Well, it's funny you should mention making because um, my lovers and I have been embarking on a very exciting project we've teamed up with Target. Are you familiar with Target? I call it Target, but yes. Mmm, that's fun. <laughs> Yummy. So what, I, uh, what I've proposed to Target is we've put together a sign for the kitchen, something you can look at at the start of your day to just remind you what's important and while you're sipping your coffee or chai you can just you know look at this wooden sign and just remember how simply you can make yourself happy do you want to hear what's on our wooden sign i I would love to hear that yeah Mm. i could love use some simple wisdom yes it just reminds you to live laugh love wish dream Uh uh-huh play Uh uh-huh Kiss. Uh huh. Sing. Sure. Foist. Uh huh. Raise. Uh-huh. Play. Uh huh. Run. Uh huh. Wash. Right. Flick. Uh-huh. Jump. Right. Strike. Of course. Fall. Uh huh. Chop. Yeah. Trot. Yes. Dance. Sure. Destroy. <laughs> okay. It was quite mm. the quite the easy reader journey you took us on. Mm, I just think just starting your day like that is so yummy. Mm. <laughs> mm, yummy. I do love to start my day with a verb. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go lead a Kegels workshop. <laughs> Good. Mm. Hey guys, it's uh, it's me. <laughs> what I miss. <laughs> A long list of one-syllable verbs. Oh, fun. Yeah. Guy's making a sign in here. <laughs> it's kind of long. I don't know if uh, I was listening. kitchen wall will have room for it, but I mean, that's not my department, you know? I was listening to that list of verbs, and I thought, this highly crafted list of verbs can only have been written by a professional television writer. Film no, and television was, uh, writer. And then it turned out sure. it was just Herbal T. Kalman wrote the whole Herbal thing. Herbal T. Kalman, yeah. yeah. Thought no one could know projects. this many verbs. A lot of fun projects. 
Yeah. Should we introduce our guest, Jordan? I would love to. Our guest is one of the favorites here on Jordan Jesse Go. He's a writer on television, uh, including the television program Blackish, which you may have heard of. Our old friend, Mr. Nick Adams. Hi, Nick. Repeating in the house. Hold on. Let me, let me put down my newspaper. <laughs> let, me, let me just close the door to my office. And oh, what's that? What's that, uh, Sugarfoot? My horse is in here. Hold on. Let me lead him out. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Bye, Sugarfoot. I love you. Good night, Sugarfoot. Whoa. Wow, we're really going on an audio journey today. <laughs> it's Foley. It's I majored in Foley at uh, yes the University of North Carolina Asheville when I was an undergrad. Later wow. on, Good. I'll be talking our <laughs> listeners to sleep by describing a journey on the Orient Express. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, how was the Foley program there? Are they like known intense. for their it's super intense? Fo- yeah, super intense. It's like it goes cheerleading, Foley, and then. Uh, Lacrosse. Those are the three intense programs. Wow. Yeah. It's really it's yeah. all over the place. <laughs> okay. Um, before we get too far into our Foley work, I want to mention mm-hmm. that this is the first Jordan Jesse Go of the 2020 Max Fun Drive. We're very yes. excited to have everybody on board for this. Uh, Max Fun, of course, if anybody doesn't know, is artist owned and audience supported. So, our bills are paid by you, the members of Maximum Fun. Uh, that, that's why we can do this show. That's why we've been, we've been able to do this show for over 7,000 years. <laughs> so if you want this show to keep going <laughs> yeah. until the uh, sun explodes <laughs> and <laughs> life on Earth is impossible, go to MaximumFun.org uh, slash join. Um, yeah, we really appreciate it. People people going over there and kicking in a few bucks and uh, getting some cool stuff in the process. I don't know if uh, if this if you have not donated in the Max Fun Drive yet, um, there's a bunch of cool stuff you can get if you go to MaximumFun.org uh, slash join, and it uh, totally makes sure that this show and all the shows on Max Fun keep coming to you. Did you like that number that I chose for how long we've been doing Jordan Jesse Go 7,000 years? What I kind of wanted was to not to suggest that we did the show with or for dinosaurs, <laughs> but mm-hmm. to suggest that maybe at some point one of those giant sloths turned tuned in. <laughs> also, <laughs> right, you can't just say dinosaurs, Jesse. Like, what period are we talking about? Are we talking right, about you know a Mesozoic? Sure. I guess what was Triassic? that? The er- early nineties on ABC. <laughs> That that's the dinosaurs you're talking about, right? Okay. Yeah, not the mama. <laughs> hey, everybody, we know that show had a dark ending. You can stop bringing that up. I believe it was ahead yes. of its time. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Dinosaurs had a dark ending. We know. It was it, it was the first show ever to rip off The Simpsons using dinosaur puppets. <laughs> right. right. Yes. It was a good show. I don't have a problem with that show. It wasn't good. Yeah, I, I have some fun memories of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, the show could have, you know what it could have benefited from? Hmm. Uh, a pop or a quibby or a, perhaps oh, a peacock, yeah. mayhap. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean, but I mean, let's get this. Hey, you know, like obviously like we want, people to support the max fun drive and we want that to be like the messaging but if i would say that this episode has a sub message it is um 
it's get this hashtag trending. Hashtag Queeby bring back dinosaurs, not the mama. So I think adding not the mama, I don't think we're suggesting that Queeby maybe invest in some Jurassic Park-like technology to bring back dinosaurs. Um, right. Although I think Katzenberg's got the money. Don't You don't want to tell Katzenberg bring back dinosaurs because he's an old guy and he's incredibly wealthy. He will start work in earnest on a Jurassic Park scenario and it yeah. will be up and running within a decade. We don't want to drop that challenge on. Gatsburg. Yeah, and if you think you know, and if you think a great guy like John Hammond fucked up Jurassic Park, <laughs> think what Katzenberg's oh my, gonna oh do. My God. He's gonna he's gonna cut all kinds of corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just he's you know he's gonna make sure that you can only experience Jurassic Park on your phone. Yeah, Hemsworth murders a dinosaur in like ten <laughs> minute increments. Yeah, I support. Your whole thing with bringing back dinosaurs on Quibi. I get it. Thank right, you. Right, right. Small dinosaurs. Um, small bites, small dinosaurs. Yeah, a, a compsonathus. <laughs> For me, on my social media, I'm going to continue to focus on hashtag IMDTV, bring back Herman's head. <laughs> the, you know, another honorable <laughs> cause. Yeah. I, I, stu- yeah. I stumbled onto a fucking treasure trove a few weeks ago and it's some genius some amazing human being has cataloged every year i believe starting in like 78 going through the 80s all of the trailers for the new fall shows wow (laughs) so like getting people pumped for veronica's closet yes Herman's Head, wow. Veronica's Closet, and there's a period of time clearly where uh, Saturday Night Fever had just you know come out and been a smash hit. Uh-huh. So there's like three sitcoms based in New Jersey <laughs> with like wow. young guys with great hair. Adrian Smith is in one. <laughs> I mean, I think we're all you know doing some kind of strange quarantine binge. Oh yes, but this yes. is probably the strangest I've heard. It's amazing. I'll it's... be perfectly honest with you. At some point, and I'm going to say this only because this is the only form where this this anecdote can live there is a there's a show that is based in queens the title is queens uh the 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 opening of the show is just like new york city the freeway you're going over the bridge you see queens and then they hard cut to park la brea (laughs) wow (laughs) as as if they're Uh, in queens now you know like park la brea is supposed to be queen Park La Brea being a kind of semi, well, I was going to say semi, I'll say an actually kind of sad uh, apartment mega complex. Massive apartment LA. complex in mid-city built post-World War II, you know, to house the influx of human beings coming into the city. Um, but yeah, that, this is the only place where that anecdote can live, so... I uh, speaking of local geography that you know too much about when it appears on TV, um, there was a like in '90s TV like this. I I saw this exterior shot in both uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel mm-hmm. when they have to be in a fancy restaurant. They cut to a very particular building with like a nice exterior. And I remember actually seeing that building in L.A. And I'm like, fuck, that's a Marie Callender. <laughs> but in the 90s, though, in the 90s, a Marie Callender. Oh. I'm like, were those characters all actually at Marie Callender's? Is that the premise of the show is that they get dressed up and go to Marie Callender's? Boreanis was hand to mouth before that show took off. So Marie Callender's, you know what? 
That's true. He was playing David Boreanaz <laughs> on that show too. Struggling you know, actor da- with fluctuating weight, David Boreanaz. L.A. in L.A. in the '80s, Jordan was all about Spago, but in the '90s, Marie Callender ruled the roost. Oh yes, yeah, yes. chicken pot pie and regular pie. Don't mind if I do. One of my favorite stand-up gigs is like there's a there's a weekend room close to L.A. and it is. Uh, it was, I don't know if it's still there, but it was a Marie Callender's across the street from Magic Mountain, <laughs> which on <laughs> wow. Friday and Saturday night was like a happening comedy club. And it was a pretty good venue. You got paid and you got pie. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. So Nick, when you were getting, what, 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 what's your pie from Marie Callender's? I when you're getting your free slice, mm-hmm. wh- where are you going? I don't know what the fruit uh, situation is like for all these places. You know what I mean? We've seen sure. today the squirrel news hit the Los Angeles internet, so we don't know what the yes. preservative situation is like. <laughs> we had an art. There's an there's at the time of this recording, there is an artisanal jam scandal rocking LA Twitter. Just destroy. Ryan Gosling's favorite jam was tainted. It is ripping the fabric of Los Angeles apart right now. Yeah. as we know it. This is going to this is going to turn the city into a warrior scenario. I just fucking know it. There's going to be baseball guys hitting guys and yeah. Native American vests. It's going to be awful. If you're in Atwater Village, stay over there. Don't try to make it across the five tonight. It's don't 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 do it. No, uh, <laughs> you already have all the cassette tape stores you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have the craft beer and everything you need to stay. Go to <laughs> go to Costco. Don't go west of La Brea. Can you dig it? That's from the Warriors. I really did. I mm. I wanted to buy an album once like two years ago, and there's a record store in Atwater Village that I just looked up on Yelp and it had good reviews. I went to it to buy this album that I wanted to buy, and when I got there, I learned it was a cassettes-only record oh, store. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on. <laughs> but they also, so I think we actually found out too today, those cassettes are tainted. <laughs> yes, they have mold. Yeah. yeah. Moldy cassettes. I'm so old and so post-hipster that I saw someone in Hollywood had opened up a record store, you know, like uh, a couple of years ago. And I was like, hey, man, just close down. Don't do that. Don't, you know, like, I get what you're trying. <laughs> I was so past the nostalgia and the, like, romance of it. I was like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad business idea. This is not going to make it. And I'm concerned about your well-being. Just shut it down now. I can find these blues albums online. We don't need this. <laughs> Just move back home so this can become a pay less. Yes, right now. Something people need. Uh, Nick, I wanted to ask, I think the last time you were on the show, you talked about you you and your son playing a lot of Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask what the what the state of Pokemon Go is in the current climate and if it's something that you and your son are still doing. It's a lot of like people, I feel like, walking around their like block really briskly hoping that like the Pokemon will just come to them instead of walking all over the city. Um, but no, oh, but sure. at a certain point they did expand the range of the Pokestop so that you can like interact mm. with a Pokestop without getting super close to it. Also, my son and I have taken to doing something which there's a great video online if you want to see the world's best Pokemon player. He's a guy that lives in like Taiwan and drives around with eight Put phones, you know, at a time and place. Oh, 
it's a, I have seen this video. It is absolutely amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So I guess there's something in Pokemon Go that like tracks your speed, right? So this guy is yes. Yeah, so he can't be driving. So he like cruises really slow, and then like you start a battle, then you can drive off, and it will allow you to keep the battle. So my son and I have, I will confess, done some driving Pokemon. Like, well, I'll just mm. go to where the gym is and park, park outside in the car, <laughs> and we play Pokemon on our phone and tablets and then we drive to the next place that's that's pretty much the extent of it that's uh that sounds really beautiful i wish my dad um <laughs> had done that with me even though pokemon wasn't um invented yet but um he should have uh he should have done something about it i don't know i don't know exactly how he would have uh figured that out but um it was his duty as a father and he failed he did <laughs> he failed me there's been a real poke revival here in my house uh oh, yeah it's been precipitated primarily by Pokemon cards, which no one in my house knows no. how to play. <laughs> I'm convinced nobody knows how to do that in the world. I like my six-year-old and eight-year-old and three-year-old will talk to each other about Pokemon cards for half an hour comparing different numbers on it that they do not know what those numbers mean nope. 100%. And I'm like, <laughs> I could probably figure out based on my memories of seventh grade how to play magic the gathering but i have nothing to offer i am five years too old to know how to play pokemon cards right and no one else seems to know but no, I, I i i did the other day just things were real rough in my house and i and my kids all they wanted was pokemon cards and i'm like i am not gonna make a trip to target to buy pokemon cards exclusively pokemon cards <laughs> that is not an essential trip that is the very <laughs> definition of not an essential trip so i thought about it and i'm like you know what i have a small but loyal army of dorks i will call <laughs> upon them and they are all like there is a there is a cross section of them that are too old to want their pokemon cards but young enough that they have poke pokemon sure, cards sure. i went on twitter Within moments, I said, look, I'll trade. If anybody has unwanted Pokemon cards, preferably ones that are, don't have any value, uh, I will trade some stuff from the closet at the office where we keep leftover stuff, you know, like T-shirts that we have four left of and that kind of thing mm -hmm. uh, for Pokemon, unwanted Pokemon cards. Within moments, a guy who lived literally three minutes drive from my house volunteered. And I'm like, this is it. And I went and picked up these Pokemon cards from him, like, full-on drug deal style. <laughs> like, 100%, like, on his stoop, look around for cops, palm to palm. Right, he had them, he had them rolled up in a newspaper. <laughs> yeah, we're, like, covered in, you know, we, we're all, like, wrapped up in our, uh, wrapped up in our masks and whatnot, uh, making this clandestine transfer of Pokemon cards. Were you worried that it was a sting? It very well may have been a sting. I was looking, I was out there looking for clam type Pokemon. Right. Uh, I was looking for Bulbasaur, mm -hmm. Charizard. Uh, how how did the kids react to this guy's stash? Were they, was there good shit in it? It doesn't matter. Was it the was it the was it the primo shit, Jesse? Mm -hmm. Was it the was the, it the sticky icky? The Colombian gold. The thing is is. <laughs> 
My children. The old Colombian squirtle. <laughs> my children. Which is uh, something the wife only does on my birthday. Have not interacted with their peers in six months, so they don't know what is a good Pokemon card. If it's got a Pokemon on it, it's good. You know? Mm-hmm. It's the perfect thing to give away something like that, too, because you like, I want to, I'll keep this until I die. I won't give it away. Like, I'm not just going to throw it away. But then this one individual on the internet says, oh, my kids want Pokemon cards. And you just like immediately can't wait to throw them out the window fast enough. <laughs> That's, I literally had a conversation with a guy. I'm, I, you know, this, this is like a, you know, a 26-year-old guy or something, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a grown man, but the kind of grown man whose uh, mom puts things in his luggage when he goes home to visit. Uh, and he said he was home. His mom said, do you want me to throw these away? And he said, no, and of course not. And that it had been eight months and he had not thought of anything that he wanted to do with them since then. Right. Uh, and had not looked at them once. And he was just super pumped to let them out of his house, uh, but not have thrown them away. I think I was in my thirties when my mother told me that she had throwing away all my comic books. Yeah. Like, and similarly, they were in, I think they were somewhere at my aunt's house. And then, like, and I was like, wait a minute. It, what do you mean you've thrown them away? You, you didn't check with me before this happened. <laughs> you know, I had lived in ho- at home for over a decade by that point, And I still, in my mind, assumed that they were safe and sound to be handed <laughs> down to the right person. Do you know what was in there, Nick? What comics got thrown out? Is there a couple of issues or something that you you know were in there? I had some pretty early X-Men that I had gotten. And then I was like pretty early on until like New Mutants. Like So I had like the first. Oh, sure. I had all the early New Mutants in there. And like a, f- a few other that I, you know, used to be able to go into the catalog and see how much they were worth if you wanted to sell them. So I had a wizard. I had a few that were worth like a couple of bucks, which, you know, when I bought them, they were like 85 cents or whatever. So I had a few that were worth a few dollars, but, you know, definitely more sentimental. Um, But yeah, it's it's so funny because I'll go to a restaurant and the waiter, we used to go to a restaurant in the old days, and the waiter would walk up and see my son playing with Pokemon or Beyblade. And this 24, 25, 26-year-old guy would just immediately be like, oh, my God, I haven't seen one of those since I was 12. And just <laughs> launch into this in-depth, passionate conversation with my child. You know, uh, you know they're weak to ghost types. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Bring my mozzarella sticks, asshole. <laughs> yeah. I had that experience within my office. And I'm talking about my virtual office here. I don't want anyone to be worried. But within my office, I have a colleague named Jesus, and Chewy works on Bullseye. He's a sophisticated NPR producer. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to lie to you. His desk is covered in Pokemons. Hmm. And he he DM'd me. He said, I think I, I think I probably have some Pokemon cards for your kids. I'm like, Yeah, no shit. That's like all your possessions. All your possessions in the world is Pokemon cards. I've seen your desk. But what happened is so we really only have one employee who's going into the office. Uh our office manager. She just goes in and, you know, she works there and hangs out and makes sure everything's okay. Dances around and briefs, got it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if she's not, she's missing out. You know what I mean? That's yeah, uh, come on. If you're listen, if you're the one person going in the office, do a risky business. You got yeah. to. Do a risky business. If so, you're out there and you're the only person going into your office, do a risky business. 
So I said, I sorry said, if I sound mad, but if you're not doing a risky business, you're fucking up. <laughs> so I said to Chewy, I said, like, look, I'm I'm your boss, and I don't want to ask you for anything. But if there really is, if you really don't want any of the Pokemons, I'll I will be glad to accept them because my kids will really like them. And you know, uh, uh, KT, our office manager, she had to bring something by my house anyway. So I was like, she's she's dropping some stuff off in my mailbox. Uh, so you can just tell her. And he's like, great, I'll call KT because there's definitely some stuff I want to keep. So I know <laughs> that the two of them spent 45 minutes on the phone going through every Pokemon on Chewie's desk, identifying which were keeper Pokemon mm-hmm. and which were garbage Pokemons. Yeah. I ended up with a copy of Game Informer magazine, two Ooh. Pokemon figurines, like a truly miscellaneous selection of Pokemon items. And I'm so grateful for them. I want to make that so clear. Every time you say put the S at the end of Pokemons, I just think back to the early, to the eighties when people used to say the AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah. I mean, I think the, uh, yeah, like a, a, uh, a not in the no parrot would also talk about Nintendos. Do you want to go play Nintendos? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and Matthew Dudley's mom called it Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! She was a Connie was a sweet, sweet lady. Connie was very sweet and called it Nintendo. Come on, Connie Dubs. Come on, mom. Come yeah. on, mom. What are you doing? I think the yeah, I think this points to like one of the great lies that our generation was told. Uh, the lie being your cards and comics will be worth something <laughs> at some point <laughs> if you spend more money. On products to keep them in pristine condition, then they're actually worth to begin with. Yes, they will right. be worth something. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That's true. We were all going to go to college on that death of Superman <laughs> issue. I don't even know Superman could die. I'm almost old enough, though, that I remember thinking, this is the first issue of a new comic book. If right. this is successful, I I, w- I would be an idiot to not hold on to it. You know, uh, yeah. power pack does anyone remember Power Pack? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I had the first issue of Power Pack. I knew it was going to be worth a mint. I thought it was going to be like the next Spider-Man. Uh, who knew? Now, today, Power Pack is the governor of Minnesota. <laughs> let's, let's... You're thinking of uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> okay, thank you. Let's check eBay. It looks like Power Pack is worth $8 million. Okay, great. Wow, Yeah. Congratulations, Congratulations Nick. That's really, that was really, you showed a lot of foresight getting uh, issue one of Power Pack. <laughs> I don't even know if I got the name of that stupid comic right. Uh, no, there's totally, there's totally a Power there's Pack. There's Power Pack. All right. Yeah. Let me see. I want to see how much Power Pack number one is worth. See how much I missed out on. Yeah, I think, and I think that, uh, I think that uh, the comics industry uh caught on to that mm-hmm. and now there's just so many number ones all the time that uh, right it's it's basically meaningless it, it reminds me of okay first of all on ebay power pack issue number one is going for a cool 60 bucks so whoa yeah. hey that's that's not too bad that actually is, I, I was uh that's more than i thought original purchase price was one dollar so you do the math i will not um 
uh, so has that kid, Nick, have they branched out? Because you're, I feel like your kids have been playing Pokemon Go for a long time. Are they, are they interested in like other games? Has it changed, or is are they still just all Pokemon? It's all funny that you should mention that, Jordan, because my son has branched out into Pokemon Sword and Shield on the Nintendo Switch. Oh well, <laughs> he's 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 a real he's a real Renaissance man. Then yeah, yeah. it's it is. The number of times where my wife and I are in a, in a room engaged in a completely sec- separate activity and my son walks in, talks to us for about five minutes nonstop about some Pokemon, either cards, the Switch, the Pokemon Go, just talks to us for five minutes nonstop and then turns around and walks out of the room without us even <laughs> commenting. You don't even have to say anything. You just need, He needs a sounding board. He just needs like yeah. a Pokemon sounding board. It just needs to, yeah, just needs to say it out yeah, loud. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Ad- adults will often introduce me to their kids as a grown up who knows a lot about video games. <laughs> um, and I'm happy to be that guy. Uh, and I'm happy, you know, and I love talking talking to kids, and it worked out really well for me once. I met a kid who was into Smash Brothers. We got to talk about Smash Brothers. I was a fucking golden god for the afternoon (laughs) but more often than not when an adult introduces me as an adult who knows about video games it is always just like uh i I, this is this is gonna be the old manest thing i've ever said but it's always like something like Fortnite that i don't know jack shit about and then the kid like looks at their parents like they were lying they're like you said this guy knew about video games and like this one time, a, a kid sat me down and and handed me the Fortnites. Right. I, I hand he handed me his Fortnites on his Nintendo, <laughs> and uh, and I just I died immediately. Yeah. And the kid got so mad at me and just yanked the controller back and like looked his like what the fuck? He said this guy knew about video games. It's like they thought they were tricked. For, Fortnite for me is like the dividing line. Like I, like I, I was like, oh, this is the game that everyone's talking about. Same thing. I downloaded, I played it. So much lead up. You got to drop in the timer, and then like I was running around and doing stuff, and I got sniped like eight seconds in, and I was like, I'm never playing this fucking game again. I'm yeah, just, I'm I just know. never playing it again. Yeah, it, it is a feeling like the world has left me behind. Yes, yes. I am obsolete. Yes. I am going to die. I am just decaying meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. Kids aren't impressed that I know all of Fulgore's ultra combos for Killer Instinct. Oh my god. <laughs> Killer Instinct. Fucking little bastards. Don't know, wouldn't know a good game if it bit him in the face. Do you ever feel like some of these kids don't even know what characters were added to the tournament edition? Yeah. it's Well, are you talking about Killer Instinct Gold on the Nintendo 64? <laughs> Is that the one you're talking about? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Yeah, little motherfuckers. They don't appreciate the fact that Nas is on the Street Fighter soundtrack. They don't know. <laughs> it is. They don't know that. I've just been playing, as Jordan knows, you you may know this as well, Nick. I, I really don't believe in any video games that don't involve agricultural products. And so I've been playing this Zelda from four years ago or six years ago. Uh, that Jordan gave me. Jordan gave me his Nintendo Wii U. Uh, no, that's not that old. That's a that's a two year old Zelda game. There you go. I I've been playing this Zelda, and uh, God, do I love to wander around aimlessly in a video game. Oh, what a delight! Oh yeah, that is a. I do not like video game wandering, but the wandering in that is is fucking great. 
It's uh, great. I mean, I'm a, I'm cursed because I'm of a certain age and demographic where if I play a game for more than a few minutes and I don't get to shoot someone in the head, I'm just like <laughs> ap- apoplectic and like, why am I even here? I'm a complete. I'm a socialist. I like. I am a pass. <laughs> I'm a pacifist in my normal life. In my video game life, I am a bloodthirsty maniac. Anything like yeah. that wandering. I played Animal Crossing for a while and I was just like, I need to murder somebody. Or what am I doing in this game? It's not the same. Oh, what I like about that, what I like about playing this Zelda is oh, you gotta have special boots. Oh, oh, I love it. Yeah, you gotta get Zora's flippers. <laughs> oh, gotta make some make some arrows. Oh, oh the, yeah, the cooking so in much Zelda cooking. is really fun. So yeah, it has, that Zelda game has stuff that I genu- generally do not like in video games that is just like so well done and fun. Yeah, the cooking the little meals is great. Love to saute some fruit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. Um, you gotta you gotta take care of your cuticles in Zelda. You gotta like make sure your cuticles are like <laughs> right. You go to you go to therapy because that's work too. Mm-hmm. That's work yep. too. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind mm-hmm. of work. The mm-hmm. second and fourth Thursdays are just for you. Just for you. <laughs> yes, and do- well, and Doctor Sarah Howard, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Blink's seen some shit though. Yeah, that's true, and you see it in flashback form, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you got to work that out. You got to work God. that out in some talk therapy. You wouldn't believe the number of beasts that I control now, Jordan. Oh yeah. What do you? Um, what? Oh right. The uh, yes, sure. I'm trying to remember the. Stuff what are they called? Immortal beasts. Yeah, those Zelda things. beasts. I'm 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 googling divine beasts. That's divine what called. beasts. Oh, I yeah. got myself a camel, uh, like a giant robo camel made out of. That's great. Oh God, I got a, a bird. Remember this mm-hmm. God, this bird man who went with me to catch the bird. God, what an asshole this bird man was. I was like, I'm yeah. off your team, bird man. Quit sassafrassing me. You're. Your dialogue is awkwardly translated. <laughs> you loved Prince Sidon, though, right? Yeah. Don't tell me you didn't like Prince Sidon. Yeah, I like Prince Sidon. The greatest character in fiction? Are you guys old enough to remember when, like, the video games were all, like, all the best games were made in Japan? And then, you know, they just like, okay, we just got to translate it. We just got to, you know, just swap it over to English. But they clearly didn't give any thought into, like, the cadence and right. you know the meaning of the <laughs> words, mm-hmm. so you just get every single line of dialogue. It's like just breathlessly the characters like saying it as if he just ran a marathon. He just has to hurry. He's like getting paid by the minute. Like he just can't <laughs> wait to rattle them off fast enough with no sense of like acting or voice. You know, voice acting at all. It's just like they found a Japanese person who knows some English now. Just like rattle this off. <laughs> I mean, it that is really not that far off from. From this Zelda game, which is perfect <laughs> in every way, like th- maybe the best video game I've ever played in my life. And I'm truly like, you guys spent a hundred million dollars or yes, something yes. making this worked video on it. game. Three hundred million dollars. <laughs> like you couldn't, you couldn't get, you couldn't find a hundred grand to get Tony Kushner in for the day. <laughs> Just the punch you know up. I mean? Just the punch up. Just yeah. a punch up, just a quick polish. Yeah, yeah. sure. Get Diablo Cody in there. <laughs> yeah, should put a few zingers in. Meanwhile, there's 17 guys who worked on like the feather in his hat. <laughs> <laughs> they 
they actually hired Diablo Cody to work on the feather in the cat. <laughs> yeah, she, and it's like she's never even done any computer stuff before. She's a writer. Not a Japanese game, but I got to help punch up a Crash Bandicoot game recently. Nice. Yeah. That's fun as shit. Oh, I bet it was. New Crash Bandicoot game's gonna be good. Anyway, yeah. I just I don't I don't think I have a, an NDA prevents me from talking about it anymore, <laughs> but I just wanted to say that I did it and it was fun. Uh, oh, are we man. talking about barrels, crates? What is he smashing? What is he smashing? I, I think I can say oh boy, I don't know what I can okay. Mm-hmm. I can say that yes, this crash bandicoot game does include crate smashing. Crate smashing. Okay. <laughs> I know people are gonna be going crazy on the forums. I don't know if they've announced <laughs> that yet. Maybe they were waiting for GamesCon. I don't know. But yes, you heard it here first. The Crash Bandicoot game, like every single other Crash Bandicoot game, will have crate smashing in it. <laughs> there's, there's also a level of nostalgia now, which you're like, this, you're not nostalgic for anything that was good. You're just nostalgic for the shit when you were kids. Like, my son likes to watch the, like, 90s Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario TV show, which are wow. awful. Yeah, they're sure. not good. And I'm like, what? The only well, there, and there were different this, Sonic shows with different realities, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, like, a whole, like, timeline that they don't honor. But but I'm like, you're not nostalgic for this. You're just a child. You shouldn't be watching this. This, this is just objectively bad TV. You shouldn't watch this. Yeah. Don't children realize that children's TV got good eventually? <laughs> yeah. Nobody's watching like Street Sharks or like, what was the <laughs> All those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ripoffs. Brave Star. Biker Mice from Mars. <laughs> yeah. The like, yeah, can we anthropomorphize an animal and put a bunch yeah. of crazy words in front of it? Give it sass. No one remembers this one, but they did um, Street Frogs, which was just like <laughs> hip-hop rapping frogs. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. What, do you remember what their names were? Were they like frog puns on rappers? <laughs> no, I only remember the theme song because it was like bad... Um, you know, like that Fruity Pebbles commercial from the 90s. It was just like oh, really yes. bad rap. And it, it was just, but it was like, clearly they're like, what's close to turtles? Str- frogs. Right. They can't do martial arts. Maybe they <laughs> break dance. Right. It amazing. It was amazing. Uh, guys, I'm sorry I haven't been talking much. I've been on Twitter trying to get uh, hashtag Acorn TV bring back Gex with Dana Gould. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I actually talked with the people who made Crash Bandicoot a little bit about Gex. There's a lot of warm feelings about Gex in the uh, in the game development community, and uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's right for a reboot. Gex, reboot. enter the Gecko, 1998. So what are what is what are our assignments for Queeby? Bring back dinosaurs, not <laughs> yes. the mama. Yeah. Yes. Can Queeby help us with Gex somehow? Mm-hmm. No, I'm relying on Acorn TV. I think they're running out. Oh, of... sure, yeah. They're running out of episodes of Detectorists mm-hmm. and other prestige, British prestige <laughs> shows. So, yeah, I think the it's the time mm-hmm. is ripe for them to make a Gex game. Mm-hmm. Paul Rapper the Rapper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's so much, so much to bring back. It's a lot of content. Maybe. Oh, that's it. That's it. A new network to, to rival the Quibbies and the Pops and the Peacocks of the world. Right. All video game adaptations. Oh shit! That's all we do. That's all we do. Sure, right? No, no, no game too obscure. Nope. <laughs> Blaster Master, Battletoads, yep. mm-hmm. Vector Man. <laughs> How long should I, I list things for? <laughs> Sword of Vermilion, Pong Combat. Yes. <laughs> I. You know what? How about a battle chess show? 
you'd be the the pitches it's game yeah. of thrones game uh-huh. of thrones high high uh high fantasy battle chess show they show poker on tv <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Nick, isn't that what you bring into the pitch room every time you pitch a TV show? <laughs> <laughs> Look, first of all, first of all, they show poker on TV. Okay, so that's just that's the baseline. Let's establish that. <laughs> that's not bad. I grew up. I I was born and raised in North Carolina, and I have many a fond memory of watching putt putt on television. Dear God, what? like with like a wind like with windmills and bridges and stuff. Notice I didn't say miniature golf. I said right. putt putt. The brand name putt putt. Competition on oh television. Oh my gosh. Were there guys who like It was a fully it was a fully produced sports broadcast in every way. <laughs> and it was just at like a fun center that also had a like hot dog stand in an arcade. I don't know if we would say at a fun center, you know, but like the premium fun center in a Charlotte right. or like a Greensboro yeah, that's where, or yeah. Raleigh, Durham, <laughs> Chapel Hill, of course. Finally, we're getting away from the L.A. local stuff and getting into the North yes. Carolina yes. putt-putt stuff. The late 80s, early 90s regional sports Stuff that everyone is dying to hear on Jordan Jesse Go. I mean, the real question, Nick, and this is the one that's been on the tip of the tongue of every Jordan Jesse Go listener as we've been talking today is, did they have pizza restaurants that had giant pipe organs in them in North Carolina? (laughs) They, we had, no, no, we did not have that one. Is that is that like a reason? Our, uh, yeah, we were we had a very lovely conversation last week about our like childhood pizza places, and uh, Jesse's was one that also included a pipe organ, and I guess it is a part of uh, maybe not a chain, but it's a style of restaurant, like the pizza and pipe organ thing. Like, <laughs> no, it's I not. guess I think yeah. so. It felt like people on Twitter were like, "I've been to that place," and it was like in no. Oregon. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, one place, though? Like the same place? So there still is one. So the one that I went to, and I went to one time for Tony McCauley's probably 10th birthday party, uh, was it Pizza? It was called Pizza and Pipes, and it was in like Burlingame. It was in the, it was in the, uh, it was in the peninsula south of San Francisco and uh, San Bruno, maybe. And uh, that one is no longer extant, but there is one called Pizza and Pipes in Sacramento, California. Uh, uh-huh. Which is, you know, a solid two hours drive away. And then mm-hmm. there are other pipe organ pizza restaurants that people brought up in our Reddit. <laughs> I don't know. One of I them don't. involved a pipe organ that also played other instruments that were like around the restaurant, like drums and stuff. What? Yeah, I, I, yeah. maybe it was a. Th- you know, it's like how you thing. like like there would be something that was clearly a knockoff Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, you're right, right. We didn't have Chuck E. Cheese. We had Showbiz Pizza, but it was the same thing. Oh, sure. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, maybe it was just a general concept that someone decided mm. to steal. <laughs> yeah, just you know what people want when they have a slice. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, circus music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You like, yeah, when you're eating your pizza, you want the feeling of going slowly insane. Yeah. <laughs> Can you at least play the doors or something so I don't hate my life right now? 
Uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Nick Repeat Adams. In the break, Jordan gave me some invaluable Zelda advice, which is. Got to do that Terrytown side quest. Do the Terry. Listen, if anybody else is listening and you're wondering whether to do the Terrytown side quest, if it looks like it has too much, you know, boring, busy work, and you wonder if it's worth it, I'll just say it's worth it. Do the Terry. Right. I'm not a. I listen. I'm not a hundred percenter. I don't need to do every side quest. I like to do the main game and then put it away, move on to the next game. But oof, this Terrytown side quest. Is it going to help me figure out what I need to do with all these ancient gears? <laughs> no, it's just one of those video game resources that you collect a lot of, and then the game ends, and you're like, why did I have so many of those? Just make a bunch <laughs> of like uh, legendary arrows and shoot them at shit, because it's fun. Whoever the <laughs> godfather is of video games, he definitely was like a small child with a tiny backpack who didn't have enough like room for his school supplies and shit. And he was just like, yeah. you know what? <laughs> when I grow up... <laughs> And then I'm going to graduate high school with 400 erasers. Yeah. Why don't you get rid of some of these? Hey, Hideo, you don't need all these. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> okay. It's Max Fun Drive time. Um, we have been, we, we went on, uh, uh, we went on Twitter. Our, our pals at, uh, in the Max Fun office or in the virtual Max Fun office, asked what max fun could do for listeners right now how what we could do to support listeners right now and the replies we got were so heartwarming and comforting and really made me feel like there's a reason that i exist on earth um i mean i'm i'm literally i'm literally picking one at random here but Hannah from Blue Hill, Maine said, keep making wonderful, comforting, uplifting content as you always do. Um, Benny in Frankfurt, Michigan said, keep being the amazing producers of content that you are. Like for, for me, being in an extraordinarily tough time right now for everyone and certainly for me, for me personally and my family, I know that I have relied on Max Fun shows for comfort. Um, I've relied on Max Fun shows for laughs and friendship uh, that wasn't available to me otherwise in in really tough times. Like I've been, I, you know, I I'll just I've, I've been going back and listening to old Flophouse episodes and every week plugging into my stop podcasting yourself and my heat rocks is so important to me all, all these shows in maximum fun that that are great comfort and and it is my hope that the work that we do on jordan jesse go as stupid as it is has that kind of feeling for you that it, that it gives you something like that yeah, uh, I also in uh in 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 the times we are in now definitely like love it when my favorite podcast gets uh you know gets plunked into my feed there and like um and I was also just thinking the other day about how some of my favorite podcasts like just go away. You know how podcasts just stop because of the they become a burden on the hosts and producers. 
Um, and yeah, and how and I was thinking how cool it is that like you know this is how Max Fun makes its money, and as long as people are like, hey, this is cool, I'm gonna kick in a couple of bucks every week for this thing that I like, that these shows can continue, and there's not you know an interruption in the shows. They you know I. Because, like, man, I I sure rely on those couple shows to come in when they're supposed to come in, and they're so important for, like, my week and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I really love it that this is the way that MaxFun does business because it means that, you know, if a sponsor bows out or, you know, the world economy collapses or something like that, uh, just to think of a random example, um, you know, the shows can keep coming like it's not you know it's not some giant company deciding you know can this show continue or can this show not continue it's the listeners it's them saying yeah we like this here's a couple of bucks give me some free stuff and make sure the show keeps coming it's it, it's really awesome and it's the reason that this show exists is the reason that this show exists uh has existed for as long as it has and um yeah it's just i'm i'm really really thankful that people people voluntarily kick in for it. it 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 just means the world yeah there's a lot there's a lot of different stuff that can use your support right now obviously there's a lot of reasons that you might not be in a position right now to offer financial support we understand and appreciate that entirely um if you are in a position uh to support maximum fun and this show and us right now, we sure appreciate it. Um, all you have to do is go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Um, there are all kinds of levels to give. Uh, most people uh, most people support us at 5 or 10 bucks a month, um, some 20 bucks a month or, or more. No matter what the level is, we're very grateful for your support. And, of course, you're going to get really cool gifts if you join every single monthly member gets access to our treasure trove of now, I don't know, thousands of hours of <laughs> max fun bonus content. I yeah. think we've got, we've got at least 20 or 25 bonus episodes of Jordan Jesse go at this point. Yeah. Th- we talked about this a little bit, uh, before the max fun drive got delayed, but we recorded, um, I, I think we can, I don't remember all our bonus episodes, but I'm going to say this is the most fun craziest bonus episode we've ever recorded uh with our buddy uh ben harrison from the greatest generation we did a jordan jesse go drinking game uh the rules of which we did not know going into it they were uh crowdsourced by our listeners and uh we like did an episode of jordan jesse go and just played along uh ben and i drank uh warm uh bud light seltzers uh jesse you drank marijuana infused soda and yep. uh, it was uh, very funny, <laughs> very very unpleasant. Uh, yeah, and I <laughs> I I am very excited for people to hear it. Um, that's just one of the bonus episodes you get when you join, and there's 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 a bunch of them, but that one was particularly fun. And um, yeah, if people want to uh, play along with the drinking game, um, more power to you. We've got all kinds of sweet pins, a, a sweet pin designed by our buddy Megan Lincott for every show. You get you get one of those if you join us at the $10 a month level, and you also get a beautiful letterpress MaxFun membership card. And at the $20 a month level, really cool new item, uh, the Maximum Fun Game Pack, 
uh, Max Fun inspired, custom designed playing cards. Every face card unique with special sort of inside jokes about Maximum Fun shows on the cards. Uh, plus six blue Maximum Fun dice in their own Maximum Fun velvety dice bag. All that and more available to you at MaximumFun.org slash join. More than anything, though, I just want to take this opportunity to thank every single Maximum Fun member. Um, I know that as... Uh, <sighs> As you know, I'll just be frank, as the advertising economy has collapsed, as uh, media has become much, much harder to make and uh, and to make a make a living from, as the world has gotten very scary around us, Max Fund's members have stood with us. And it's the reason we're able to do this. Um, and it's the reason that we're able to you know, we've committed to, to keeping all of our staff on for all of their hours. Um, it's the reason we've been able to do that. Like, uh, it's really a, um, it's really a blessing that, that, that you choose to support us. And I, I just want to say, I just want to say thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really awesome. Uh, you know, I think, uh, Jesse, I, I was, I, it was a very funny story, but I was also genuinely very touched when you talked about reaching out on Twitter, asking for old Pokemon cards and, uh, people left into action. I think that is because, uh, you know, Max Fun fans are basically the best people on the whole internet. Uh, I think about it all the time, how lucky we are to do these shows for like, nice warm-hearted people who we like and would like to hang out with even if we you know uh, even if we if there wasn't a podcast relationship involved um yeah it it, it's you know you don't always get to pick your fans and it just happens that max fun attracts genuinely cool sweet warm-hearted people and uh who not only you know will meet you in a back alley to give you some uh, old Pokemon cards, but they'll also, you know, go online and kick in a couple of bucks, even if they don't have to. Yeah. It's MaximumFun.org slash join, and, and thanks everybody very, very, very much. Um, Nick, how you doing? You still awake? I'm here. <laughs> okay, I'm just- great. <laughs> I'm reveling in the honesty, man. This is a it's a it's a great service that you guys provide, and it's one of the few places that you can go in the in the media that's kind of free of snark and stupid irony, and it's just earnest people making good content, man. I mean, look at Nick Adams. This is our friend from when we were in college. Nick Adams and I. I think about this a lot when I think about uh, my friendship with Nick. You know, Nick and I met on a rap message board in like 2000. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> and Nick was Nick was an aspiring stand-up comic in Arizona. <laughs> that hotbed of stand-up yes, comedy. Yes. <laughs> and I was I was an aspiring public radio host in Santa Cruz. <laughs> Jordan was aspiring to be anything but a public radio host in Sa- also in Santa Cruz though. And I never like the thought that um the thought that a weird scheme like this <laughs> could actually work out that like 
that like Nick is Nick is writing for one of the who's been writing for one of the best and most important sitcoms on television. <laughs> like Jordan is writing a movie that someone's paying him for. <laughs> right, right. Like, and it's because of it's because of all these people over all these years who have who have like stood behind us and and propped us up like we were crowd surfing or something. You know, it's really it's really genuinely amazing to me. And and I mean, look, my my, my dad died the the other day, and the kindness that people showed me was so extraordinary. Uh, like it was almost more than I could process. You know, and but I would never have expected anything else. I've I, it, it just we just got lucky, and and we're we're really we're really grateful for it. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, we also have a show that that is uh, going to be in the bonus feed. That's it's just us playing songs about Walton Goggins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check it out. We uh, recorded a special. Uh, people have been asking for an all Goggins episode, mm-hmm. a retrospective. I think people wanted all the Goggins songs in one place. Uh, yeah, they wanted it to be over. <laughs> So they, uh, so, so, uh, Brian, uh, Brian, uh, by the way, who's been doing just a fucking bang up job making sure this show gets made during, uh, yeah. during the quarantine. <laughs> I know uh, I have made it very difficult for him. <laughs> so Brian, yeah. So Brian put together, uh, all the Goggins songs, some B-sides, some stuff you haven't heard yet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we did a little listening cocktail party with, uh, Dan and Stu from the flop house and it was so much fun. So yeah, if you want to, uh, take a trip through the 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 because i like of... i like early goggins yes know? sure you know yeah. before right. it got too commercial yeah when I it was like you. just that about major the league music. sequel he's in <laughs> yeah yeah back when he's back when he was playing gilman street <laughs> <laughs> you like an all-ages show for goggins sure no alcohol no drugs no racism just goggins and DIY, rancid DIY. diy MaximumFun.org slash join. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Moore's boy detective. Uh, Nick Repeat. Adams. So we're going to take some calls here in a second, but first we do have a message for Paul from Robert up on the Jumbotron. It says, happy birthday, brother. Figured I'd give a shout out on your favorite podcast to make up for when mom forgets to call you again. Uh, uh, I did not even know uh, until recently that other people's family members called them on their birthdays. (laughs) But I'm glad that Paul. I'm glad Paul's looking out for for his brother Robert. What a what a lovely sentiment. Um, yeah. The only thing is, uh, I do want to let Robert know that Paul's favorite podcast is History of Rome. So <laughs> it's just kind of embarrassing that this would be. They don't have a jumbotron thing, but that's true. Just so he knows. Yeah, I'm happy to be second second fave though. Uh, if you want to get up on the jumbotron, it's maximumfun.org/slash. 
Jumbotron. But if something momentous happens to you, we want you to call us at 206-984-4FUN or just send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here is one such momentous occasion. Hi, Jordan and Jesse, and I'm going to guess one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. This is Sam calling from somewhere in the middle of California. I just wanted to share my momentous occasion, which is that I just finished a backpacking trip, and I smell so bad that the bear that I saw ran away from me instead of me running away from it. That's all. Uh, I hope you're doing well and staying safe in quarantine. Smell you later, goobers. Wow. Okay. Really went out strong there. Yeah, dude. I th- I like I like that vibe. The next time you're calling in a momentous occasion, insult us at the end. Yeah, I mean, if you <laughs> took down a bear, you've earned it. Nagging your podcast host. I also like how he just said, I'm just somewhere in the middle of California. She's keeping it mysterious. Am I in Fresno? Chico? Am I in Visalia? <laughs> who, who knows? Could be Bakersfield. You'll yeah. never know. <laughs> Very cagey. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> is it possible that the bear just ran away because he was making himself big? Mm. Or is that mountain lions? I think both. Yeah. Mm. So don't listen. Don't use this podcast as an advice about what to do if, in case of bear attacks. Look into that. I Consult mean, your... Uh, look, if it's a if it's a, if it's a bear is attacking you, you got just as good of a chance using our advice as you do whatever the recommended. <laughs> I feel like Go the only it. the only bear that Jordan Jesse Go's advice would work on is possibly Bob Mould. Mm, sure. <laughs> I feel like maybe with, with Bob, you know? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's take another call. Hi, uh, this is Andy, and I heard on the on a recent episode a uh, discussion of what Wallace Shawn is like, and I have a story about what Wallace Shawn is like that I would like to share with you. Uh, I have an MFA in playwriting, and as part of my uh, graduate study, we were encouraged in our third year to pick a playwright we admired to sort of be our mentor for our thesis production. And I reached out to Wallace Shawn. I sent him an email, uh, and he re- responded saying that uh, he uh, is not a nice person, and he uses up all of his available emotional energy being a halfway decent partner to uh, to Deborah Eisenberg, and therefore had none left over to mentor young writers, uh, but he wished me luck. Uh, I Later that year, saw him at a production of one of his plays. I said I liked it, and he said, oh, thank you. Love the show. <laughs> so basically, Wallace Shawn's the greatest person ever. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Love, love <laughs> the honesty. What a thrill. Love the honesty. <laughs> what a thrill. <laughs> I bet he has his own stationery too. I bet he got that letter on a on a, a nice piece of uh, personalized stationery. Yeah, <laughs> Wally Dubs. Wait, Dubby Shans. <laughs> Dubby Dees. <laughs> Not one of the names of those rapid frogs. <laughs> yeah, if he had just finished the letter of like me mentoring you would be inconceivable. Yours always want to show. Just you gotta give him a little something. You gotta give him a little something. You gotta get yeah. They, they know what he knows what people want to hear. <laughs> yeah, 
play the hits. Yeah, no, no new shit, Wallace. <laughs> no new shit, WD. <laughs> we came here to hear Inconceivable. Yeah. No shit from my dinner with Andre. Yeah. Uh, Brian also sent us a, an overseen, a, um, a listener spotted, uh, a listener spotted a, a, I don't know if this was in New York, but the car has New York plates, a car with the personalized plate, Waluigi, oh. with one instead of eyes. Wah. It, uh, and I'm just, I just want to say, if you, if you're in the New York area and you see this car, uh, hit it with a turtle shell. <laughs> the, he'll get it. He'll get it. He'll be shocked at first, like, oh, what the fuck just hit my window? And then he'll go like, oh, it was a turtle shell. Yeah. That's funny. He'll be upset that his car is spinning 360 degrees over and over. Yeah, right. I just picture some like 75-year-old guy named Luigi who's originally from Washington State just driving around <laughs> New York. Every 20-something, 30-something he sees is like honking their horns at him, waving like uh, a madman. That actually, I don't know if you knew this, Nick. I don't know how much Nintendo lore you know, but that is pretty close to the origin story of Waluigi. <laughs> He was an Italian guy from Seattle named Luigi who turned evil when the Sonics left town. Yeah. He's like, I never got to see Kevin Durant at his peak. (laughs) I bought the rookie jersey and everything and they move him out of town. Yeah. It's tough times. Tough times in Washington State there without Kevin Durant. Okay. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick, Waluigi Adams. <laughs> Are you, yeah, you're, so you're the evil Nick Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's one of my go-tos in uh, Mario Kart, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. What is his, so. I guess I have not, I have not played the most recent Mario Kart, what are Waluigi's attributes in Mario Kart? Is he like good handling? Is he speed? What are, what are, why choose him? I guess is my question. My Mario Kart 8 experience is 20 minute in increments so that my children will leave me alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I play it and I don't ask any questions and then I'm done. So I don't know any of, any of the details. So it's a cosmetic choice yes, to choose yes, Waluigi. Okay. Yes, no, I mean that's a that's a perfectly fine reason to choose Waluigi, I think. He's got a snazzy outfit. Yeah. He's got that crazy pointy mustache too. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He looks great. <laughs> he looks like he uh, owns an all cassette tape record store. <laughs> in like one of the neighborhoods in northeast LA that I am convinced they're making up. Like <laughs> When I moved here, there was three neighborhoods over there. Now, every time I hear about a new restaurant, it's in a different El Serena. Oh, that's yeah. not a real neighborhood. Stop it. That's not real. Have you have you got the hot chicken sandwich in Washburg? <laughs> oh, no, I haven't. It's a pop-up thing. They're only yeah. there Tuesday, Thursday, and part of Sunday. Uh, that's a good thing to end on, right? <laughs> local yeah. jokes. <laughs> yeah. Nick, like, hi- hyper-local that even if you like live in the valley, you have no idea what the fuck we're talking about nick quick do some north carolina mini golf material bring the audience back bring the audience back also nick bring herman's head back <laughs> who has been to burlington recently huh guys <laughs> you know this motherfucker has they, they got more than a co-factory bitches <laughs> was that the uh was that the line that always got you your free slice of pie at the marie calendar's <laughs> yeah, uh, stand-up yeah. venue that was my big closer yeah. 
Um, hey, uh, one last thank you to the good people who go to maximumfun.org slash join. Uh, Jesse, there's a lot of cool, like, Max Fun stuff going on this week. What is there anything in particular people should look out for? People should check out the schedule at maximumfun.org because we have a four charity live streaming event every week during the drive. Uh, we had an awesome. Uh, it's like we got tri- we got trivia night with uh, with Hodgman and Chuck Bryant uh, kicking things off. It's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. We're doing all kinds of really great stuff just to show our appreciation for uh, the literally thousands of people who keep our lights on at Maximum Fun and and have done through this whole uh, awful ordeal that we're all going through. Um, I- I'm I'm very very grateful to every single one of of you and. Uh, uh, so is Jordan. It it means a lot to us. And and uh, and again, like I want to be really clear. We know there's a lot of people out there who are really struggling, and and uh, our hearts are with you. Um, uh, this too shall pass. And um, uh, we're not we're not asking you to go to maximumfund.org/join. But if you do have the means, we're very grateful if you can. Um, so we want to thank everybody who supports the show in, in every way, not just folks who support it with money. Um, it's really, it's really why we can, why we can do it and why we've been able to do it for these 13 years or whatever it is since, I mean, roughly since like, since dire wolves roamed the earth. <laughs> right. Yes. From the, from the Triassic onward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so so much. It, it's it's awesome, and it is a it is a weird time to be asking for money. I think, like Jesse says, there's like a lot of organizations that could use your spare cash these days. And yeah, we encourage you to you know give to whoever needs it most. But um, but yeah, we really like appreciate people who find a couple extra bucks for Max Fun. It's awesome. It's you know, it's not just the hosts. It's everybody who makes sure that the podcasts get out every week you know so yeah it's it, it, it's really really awesome it's and and uh and if you do have a couple extra bucks uh for max fun we boy we really appreciate it and uh and yeah and hopefully you have a lot of fun with that bonus content it was fun to make for sure you know i also wanted to speaking of charity thank everybody um who gave to sorts to plowshares in uh in memory of my dad or in or in recognition of my dad i I got an email from the folks at swords and they said just just for folks who you know filled out the filled out the box that says what is this for uh they they raised about ten thousand dollars it's going to go directly to services to veterans and um uh i just it means a lot it means a lot to me and it means a lot to my family so uh thanks Thanks on that front too. Uh, we've gotten so much support in so many ways, and uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, um, awesome. Brian Sunny D Fernandez is our producer on the program. Nick Repeat Adams has been our guest on the show. You can find us on Reddit, MaximumFun.Reddit.com. You can find us on Facebook in the Maximum Fun group. And by liking Jordan Jesse Go, you can follow us on Twitter at Jordan underscore Morris and at Jesse Thorne. Jordan is hosting Bullseye uh, some more this past week. Uh, it was uh, did a great hardcore interview for all you punk rockers out there. 
uh, you know, all you all you punk rockers with Nintendos <laughs> <laughs> out there in those mosh pits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's ton of fun. I got to talk to uh, uh, the band Trash Talk and uh, the actor Rose Byrne. Uh, yeah, mm. quite the uh, quite the week on Bullseye. Uh, d- disparate, but hopefully not unenjoyably so. Rose Byrne is a real classic, good in everything. Always oh, absolutely. good. Absolutely good in everything. So so funny, so funny. How does she get so funny when she's so good looking? It's very confusing. We hate those seriouses, the seriouses that can also be funny. It's very frustrating. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like it's effective to to deliver a funny line honestly and with gravitas. Mm-hmm. I know. Whatever. Uh, you did, and by the way, a lot of people were worried that you might not have asked her about her work in the Star Wars prequels. Yes. And you, you did ask her about that. So don't worry, everyone. Yeah, we basically talk about, it's basically all Attack of the Clones talk, and then at the very end, I let her plug that Jon Stewart movie or whatever. But yeah, it's mostly talk about... Um, Oh, shit, fuck, what are some prequels characters? Uh, uh, Wano. Fudu Malsnati. Um, yes, Fudu Malsnati. Flip Spiceland. Oh, yes, Flip Spiceland. Oh, Plo no. Koon, Master Plo Koon. We talk yes. a lot about what it was like to work with Plo Koon. Blue-eyed Rosencrantz. <laughs> Flip Spiceland <laughs> used to fill in for Alan Thick on Thick of the Night. <laughs> Man, I we got a new we got a new game. Jordan Jesse goes fake prequel characters. <laughs> <laughs> Quimp Wuston. <laughs> Man, can I just offer up my new favorite San Francisco Giant, uh, third string catcher Chadwick Trump? Oh yeah, um, Trump. That's a good one. Shout out Chadwick Trump. Hey, if if you're out there, draw the draw the fake prequel characters we just mentioned. What do they look <laughs> yeah. like? Yeah, maybe maybe pitch a whole movie based on them. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I have already got I'm already already out there with my uh, mm. my Zoom pitch for Chadwick Trump, a Star Wars tale. Mm, sure. Put a fucking Hemsworth in this bad boy, and then you know it's a go picture. And yeah, I mean, and I think. Um, you know, I mean, I think, and I think Star Wars fans will embrace these movies because they love a curveball. They love. <laughs> also, we'll consume stuff that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we know. They also like the good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they will rewatch the good ones from twenty years ago. Yes, they will. <laughs> I okay. kid, I kid, I'm kidding, people. Come on, we all love Plo Koon. <laughs> 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 MaximumFun.org slash join and we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Stay safe, everybody. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.